Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. We'll continue to read from Sri Jiva Goswami's Krishna, Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha, second division of the Fourfold Army in support of the Parivas Sutra. Krishna is the subject of, Bhagavat, of the Bhagavat's major dialogues. Um, this section will go uh, rather quickly. Basically, in this section, Sri Jiva Goswami simply uh, highlights various Bhagavat Purana verses, and there's not much he says about them, except that we can see by reading them generally that the subject of the one the verses he's going to present is Bhagavad Sri Krishna. He's the main center. So Krishna is the center of the major dialogues in the Bhagavad Purana. And he begins off uh, with a verse by Vidura showing that even when it's a different avatar that's spoken, spoken of or inquired about, both the inquirer and the speaker are talking, their focus is on Krishna. In other words, the intent of the question, even though it's about another avatar, is it's another avatar in relationship to Swayam Bhagavan. So there's a little here that Jiva Goswami writes. In this way, through an investigation into the topic of the avatars as well, it has been concluded that Sri Krishna alone is Swayam Bhagavan. Such being the case, Sri Krishna alone is indicated as the intended purport of the dialogues between the primary speakers and hearers throughout Srimad Bhagavatam. In this respect, it is first shown that Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Vidura as understood from his own statement. Now we'll also note as we go through these presentations by Srila Jiva Goswami that uh, the verses are not chronologically presented. Uh, Jiva Goswami jumps around quite a bit in uh, bringing out the verses to show that the dialogue, the inquiries from the, the inquiries put forth and the responses of the speakers are uh, directed towards understanding of Bhagavan Sri Krishna or in praise of him or depicting his Leela. So the first verse quoted is from the fourth canto and it's a question by Vidura to the sage Maitreya. Vidura says, Kindly relate to me who am devoid, I'm sorry, who are devoted and affectionate both to you and to Lord Adoksija, all other virtuous glories, Shrava, of the almighty Bhagavan Sri Krishna of pure fame, related to his deeds in his previous avatar, in which he milked the earth in the form of King Pritu, the son of Vena. Jiva Goswami writes then, in his previous body means in his appearance as the Prita, Pritu avatar, since according to worldly estimation, the latter's appearance 
comes historically prior to that of Krishna. The compound Purvadeha Kathasrayam, modifying Shrava, means those glories with which a relation exists to his deeds in his previous avatar. So, Jiva's seeing this statement and showing, of course, here Vidura is specifically saying Sri Krishna, Almighty Bhagavan Sri Krishna, uh, speak about Pritu because Pritu was the prior manifestation of Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, related to his deeds in his previous avatar, in his previous descent, in which he milked, so he's seeing, he's relating directly to Pritu as Krishna. He milked in this previous avatar. So there's an interesting footnote, and the way it's presented, I just want to read it because it's going to be very uh, instrumental. It's instrumental to a proper understanding of of where we are here at this stage in the Krishna Sandarbha, where we've been and where we're going. From this Anucheta onward up to Anucheta 73, so we're on Anucheta 44 now. So from this Anucheta up to 73, Sri Jiva Goswami shows that Krishna is the sole aim of all the principal speakers and hearers of the Bhagavat. He begins here with the words, Sri Vidurasya, of Sri Vidura. These words are syntactically connected to the immediately preceding statement, Sri Krishna Eva Tarparyam Lakshiti. Sri Krishna alone is indicated in, as the intended purport. In succeeding Anuchetas, Sri Jiva employs the same format for the sake of of brevity. So, for example, the next Anucheta begins simply with Artha Sri Maitreya and now of Sri Maitreya. It should be borne in mind as we move forward through this division of the book that all such six-case names of the Bhagavat's principal speakers and hearers are syntactically connected to Sri Jiva's statement here in this Anucheta, namely, Sri Krishna Eva Tarpariyam Lakshati. The translation in all such instances has been rendered in accordance with this understanding. And the commentary, the first paragraph of which I also want to read, this is really what I was referring to when I said the summary of where we are and where we're going up to this point of the discourse. Shijiva Goswami offered a description of the Purusha avatars in Anucheta one through, Anuchetas 1 through 5 and of the Leela avatars in Anucheta 6 through 26. In Anucheta 27, he outlined the Vibhutis of Bhagavan. In Anucheta 28 and 29, he analyzed the first quarter of the verse 1.3.28, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, and established Krishna as the original Bhagavan, the source of all avatars.
In Annotated 29, he dealt with the scriptural affirmations that seemed to contradict the above conclusion. Then, in Annotated 30 through 43, he cited various statements from the Bhagavat Purana that support the above conclusion. Now, beginning from this Anucheta up to 73, he will analyze the dialogue of the major dialogues of the major teachers and students cited in the Bhagavat to show that they too are all intent exclusively upon Sri Krishna. So, we all know the nestled effect of the presentation of the Bhagavat Purana. The primary dialogue begins at the beginning of the second skanda or canto and it's presented by Sukadev Goswami and Sukadev Goswami continues to speak all the way through the fifth chapter of the twelfth canto or the twelfth skanda. Now he's going to quote and relay dialogues from other teachers, but that's that's the primary presentation of the Bhagavat Purana as by Sukadev Goswami and his discourse to Maharaj Parikshit. Of course, his dialogue is nestled in that of Sutta Goswami to Sunaka and the sages of Namasharanya. Sutta Goswami begins and he speaks through to the very end of the first canto, uh, wherein at the very end of the first canto, Sukadev is introduced as the speaker in the, in the uh, concluding verses of the first canto. His arrival is heralded in this, amongst the sages. Of course, Sutta Goswami's of course, narrated what happened to Maharaj Parikshit and how he got here and how we got all got here and we're all ready and anxious to to solve the problems of life because Maharaj Parikshit has decided to fast till death because he's 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 made a determination that uh, that's the best course of action. So then Sukadev arrives on the scene and. Maharaj Parikshit presents his inquiries. What's, some, what's a man to do now? And at the hour of his death, what's a man to do in life? What's important? Please tell me. Uh, I've decided this life's not for me anymore. I'm, I'm still here now. Tell me what's best for me now and tell me what's best for me at the final hour. It's understood from the way we've worked up to the state, to the stage of Sukadev Goswami arriving on the scene, that Maharaj Parikshit is interested primarily in dialogue related to Krishna. Of course, he's kind of attached to Krishna. At the time of his birth, he was raised by his <clears throat> grandfathers and uh, they were all great devotees of Krishna. Even in the womb he was protected by Krishna. When he was growing up he played with toys just 
because he'd heard that that's the toys that Krishna played with. So he was he was Krishnaized from the very beginning of his birth. So it's it's only natural. Ima imagine being raised by the Pandavas. I mean, what are you going to hear about? <laughs> what's what's going to be be the dinner conversation most evenings? <laughs> Krishna did this, and Krishna did that, and uh, and we remember this about Krishna and that about Krishna. So as I said, we will go rather quickly through these because they're just presented with, with little uh, philosophical discussion. They're presented to just remind us of those major dialogues of the Bhagavat Purana and in reminding us, uh, show, showing, showcasing that Krishna is the main subject, that uh, uh, this... Uh, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is totally fortified by the dialogues. So just to recall, we're, we're, we're in a place in the Krishna Sandarbha where Jiva Goswami is showing the real strength of the Parivas Sutra, the strength of a king fortified by his, his army, fourfold army. So the first fold was the specific verses specifying Krishna and uh, thereby fortifying that Krishna is the main subject. And now we go to the various dialogues also uh, supporting the, uh, the same Parivas Sutra. 45th Anucheta, Maitreya's delight on being questioned by, about Krishna. Next, it is shown that Sri Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Maitreya as understood from the immediately succeeding verse. So the first verse was, tell me how Prithu milked the earth because he's a prior manifestation of Krishna. So Maitreya responds, being thus implored by Vidura, I guess what Sukadeva speaks, being thus implored by Vidura to narrate the stories of Vasudeva, Maitreya, being inwardly pleased, praised him and began to reply. Jiva writes here, Since Maitreya praised Vidur for asking the question and was inwardly pleased, it is clear that his ultimate aim was none other than Sri Krishna. Consequently, the word Vasudeva has been used here to refer specifically to the son of Sri Vasudeva. So, both Vidura and Maitreya were very much affectionate towards Lord Krishna. And therefore, the dialogue conforms with Krishna's own statement in the Bhagavad Gita, Machita Madgata Prana Bodhayanta Parasparam Tasjamam Nityam Tushanticha Romanticha The thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me, their lives are fully devoted to my service, and they derive great satisfaction and bliss from always enlightening one another and conversing about me. So their object of love was Krishna, and therefore the dialogue could be, will be extremely pleasing to both of them and to the readers who are thus also attached to Sri Krishna, son of Vasudeva. And the terminology Vasudeva in the, the instance of this Adicheta is not referring to uh, Vishnu in general. 
46th Anucheda. Parikshit's fixity on the service of Krishna's feet. Jiva Goswami writes, Sri Krishna is the sole aim of King Parikshit as understood from Sri Sutta's statement. Then there's a verse here from the first canto. Thereafter, giving up both this world and the next, having already previously concluded them as fit to be abandoned, Maharaj Parikshit sat down on the bank of the Ganges River with the resolve to fast until death, holding the service of Krishna's lotus feet as superior to everything else. Then he quotes from Sridhar Swami. Swami also comments the clause Krishnagri Sevam Adi Manyamanaha means knowing that service to Krishna's lotus feet is superior to all other human aspirations. Purusharthas. So the, the, the intent primarily, of course, is to show that the intent of Maharaj Parikshit's inquiries were to hear specifically about Krishna. The end is coming. He's been cursed. The snake is coming. Of course, he's Maharaj Parikshit. So he has to have in his retinue a whole host of Brahmins who could certainly counteract the curse of a little child Brahmin. Wouldn't be difficult for them to light a fire and chant a few mantras and reverse, you know, this curse of the the son of a Brahmin. We could call him an inexperienced Brahmin, young Brahmin. So we, so he, Maharaj Parikshit certainly have, could have taken that that uh, that approach and continued in his life. But he actually saw himself being a devotee of Krishna. He was very humble. He actually saw himself as an offender. And therefore he said, this is a, this is a just re punishment for my action. I've insulted uh, this great sage and therefore undeserving of punishment. So with that in mind and his contemplation being on really the world, this is a wake-up call. And the world really has nothing to offer. I've been here, grew up in a great family, had a great, I mean, family of devotees. My fathers, seeing that Krishna left, gave their kingdom up and went off to the mountains, put me in charge for some time, but maybe they had the best idea. Krishna left, and it's a good time to for me to also follow them because, you know, being the king of the world is not all it's cracked up to be. So you can imagine his background in devotion leads him, even though he's in the position of a king, to this conclusion that it would be appropriate for him to, to in humility, uh, accept the curse of the Brahmin boy, Shringi, and uh, 
basically uh, let the snake do its thing. So that's that's what's being conveyed here. He's made a determination to fast till death and uh, fix his consciousness. But he does really want to make sure that he does he approaches it properly. So he's surrounded. I mean, everybody. This is a big thing. The king of the world is gonna is gonna leave his body. Imagine king of the world is going to leave his body. Of course, we don't have a one world order now, I don't think. I'm not sure, but uh, we can imagine that there could be a one world order under one king at a time in history, and that's what the Bhagavat Purana relates, and that that one leader decides I'm going to leave. I mean, he was such a, I mean, he everything he did. I mean, the, imagine having a king as saintly as Maharaj Pariksit and he decides that he's got to, he's got to throw in the towel. I mean, just the, just the thought of it. I mean, the, 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 the outward pouring of emotion must have been extremely intense. The cultural effect of something like that. The king's going to leave. This is the king that's protected everybody, that's kept Kali at bay, that's, I mean, he's he's a, an amazing king, an amazing devotee, and all his constituents are well aware of his exalted spiritual position and his exalted uh, uh, rulership. So uh, this was not something to be taken lightly uh, by the citizens, nor was it to be taken lightly by the, uh, by the by the spiritual leaders of the day? This this is this was going to be a momentous occasion. Let's see what transpires. This is we should all go go. If you can go go to this place where this king is is made this vow to to leave his body. I mean, who knows? The heavens will probably open up. He will, you know, I mean, that's, imagine what they're thinking, how spiritual he is. They've heard the stories. The Lord himself protected him in the womb from the, you know, from the fiery weapon of uh, Asvatama. Just, just imagine that. And, and he was, you know, I mean, this is, this is big. This is a magnificent personality. So, and that's the way it is with like a sadhu, you know, you're all, you want to be around. You don't know something special, special might just happen all of a sudden. Something very special could, could transpire. So I need to be there. The sadhu speaking, what, may, what might he speak about? Who may come to listen to him? People that we don't even generally have. My Srila Prabhupada once said at an event, I don't know what the event was, uh, that uh, he spoke to one of his disciples and he said, said to them after some kirtan or some, some pondal, I can't remember the exact event, uh, did you see? Prabhupada said to his disciple, did you see? Narada Muni was here. Did you see? The disciple, well, yes, Prabhupada. <laughs> 
Where was this? <laughs> Where was this from? <laughs> Giving up this world and the next, Maharaj Parikshit's made a determination, a determined vow. 47th Anucheta. Krishna is the sole aim of the great sages. Jiva writes, Sri Krishna is the sole aim of the great sages who informed King Parikshit. O best of saintly kings, this is not at all surprising for you, Pandavas, they're referring to Parikshit as a Pandava, who are fully devoted to Sri Krishna and who in eagerness to attain Bhagavan's association at once abandon the imperial throne that was honored by the crowns of innumerable kings. Jiva writes here, the word Bhuvatsu for you refers to those born in the Pandu dynasty, the Klaj Ye Jahu, those who abandon the imperial throne is a reference to Sri Yudhisthira Maharaj and his brothers in addition to Parikshit. Consequently, Sri Krishna was the one and only aim even for the entire audience of sages assembled there, Jiva writes. From Jiva's perspective, everybody that attended the departure of Parikshit and the dialogue of Sukadev to Parikshit had as their intent, their aim, what they wanted to hear about, according to Sri Jiva, is everyone assembled there, the whole audience of sages, Sri Krishna is the one and only aim, even for the entire audience. Is he not, he's not having four Vipakshas and things like that right now? He's not arguing against anybody. He's just no, like, this is, relishing. There's no, yeah, there's nothing possible. really. Yeah. Who, who, what is there to talk about? This is the Bhagavat. Uh -huh. There's only one subject in the Bhagavat. So we can argue about so many things regarding the tattva, but when it comes to the Bhagavat Purana, there's only one conclusion, and we're coming to that stage. Now we're at the Krishna Sandarbha. Mm -hmm. He's covered, you know, he will cover some some different philosophical ports, you know, points in relationship to Krishna and his associates and his leelas and so that we understand them in a proper perspective and what's prakat and what's aprakat. All that's coming on the horizon in Krishna Sandarbha. But from Krishna Sandarbha through Preeti Sandarbha, we're now, we're, in, we're, we're entering, the, entering the land of, of the pure devotion here to Krishna. He's already made his point. You know, vidanti tat tatva vidas tatva myas jnanavadvayam brahmeti so the supreme absolute truth can be seen in different ways. Now, if you're going to go to Bhagavan, we've talked a whole Anacheto about the Bhagavan manifestation. Brahman, what's there to say? And we've talked about Paramatman, everything you know about the supreme and the, the manifestation that you're accustomed to, the material world. So that's the Paramatma feature. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavaniti. So now we're in the in the realm of in the world of Bhagavan Iti Subjate, speaking about Bhagavan. And so let's talk about Bhagavan. So he manifests as Purusha avatars, so that's the that's the Paramatma feature, 
And then he has avataric descents into the material world. So let's talk about those avataric descents. And then he has various vibhutis, powers, that are given to specific individuals in relationship with the management of the material world. So you have his Leela avatars, and then you have all the various vibhutis, his empowerments of different individuals. And uh, then, after all that, we come to this Parivas Sutra. Now we're, now we've, we've set, we're set. This is the Istadev of the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya. This is the personality. We've, we've, we've come to this point. What other conclusion can we arrive at than accepting what Sutta Goswami said after putting forth all the various avataric descents of Bhagavan? So we're now here. Now let's fortify the we're fortifying this Parivas Sutra, and then we'll enter into some other and deeper understandings of Krishna so that there's no misunderstanding regarding him right. um, nice. and his various manifestation. So 48th Danarcheta. So he's setting the stage here, you know, and relating at this particular point significant verses in relationship to the primary speaker and the primary hearer. So he continues in that vein. Krishna inspires Sukha to appear to Parikshit. The king himself said to Sri Sukha, Indeed, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, who is exceedingly dear to the sons of Pandu, must be pleased with me. It is solely for the pleasure of his cousins that he has accepted me as his own next of kin, because I was born in their family. Otherwise, how at all could it be possible for an ordinary human being like me, who is on the verge of death, to obtain a vision of you, whose movements are unknown, who are munificent and perfected, to the highest degree. So he's praying, he's praising Sukadeva Goswami and overwhelmed, you can imagine. He's overwhelmed. He's a, he's a pretty, he's a humble, humble devotee because there's only one reason that you sent me a qualified guru at the time of death. And you've done that because of the Pandavas. And you consider me a Pandava. These are my kin, but I'm just a regular human being. Here I am. I've been cursed. I'm so foul that I've offended a Brahmin and been cursed to death. And still you send me this sage. How, how is that possible? There's no, I have no qualification, basically is what he's, you know, what he's saying here in his prayer to Sukadeva Goswami. I have no qualification except I was born in a good, in a family of devotees. Really, I'm not a devotee. You can see that from my actions. Look where I got, how I got myself in this jam. Who, who, who was a devotee would possibly offend a Brahmin? 
knowing how dear Brahmins are to Krishna. So he's, you know, he's, he's, you can imagine, he's despondent to the point of accepting death because of this minor offense. Jiva writes, he, Krishna, has accepted me as a relative, Bandavahu. I'm sorry, Bandava. In, or, in other words, as an intimate friend, for I was born in the dynasty of the sons of Pandu, who were his cousins. In the second verse, the pronoun te of you, standing for sukha, signifies of you whose aesthetic relish is for Sri Krishna alone. The word vaniyasa, munificent, means one who graciously inspires me to beg you to speak about Krishna. So again, he, he understands Sukadeva Goswami's position that he has, here's a man that's, that's free of any worldly attachment and his only relish has become Sri Krishna. He had no relish for the world. He was situated in, in perfect liberation, complete detachment. He's an avidut walking the world free of everything, including his clothes. <laughs> and he's a young man and without attachment. But he heard the Bhagavat Purana. A couple verses and his whole consciousness changed. It was enough to, to attract him uh, to the narration of Krishna Leela. And it's become the aesthetic relish, Jiva says here, uh, is for Krishna alone. Is the way he, he translates uh, Maharaj Pariksit's praise and his speaking of his... Uh, good fortune. Uh, it's written here in the commentary, a nice sentence. There was no compulsion for such an unbound soul to appear, appear there. He didn't get an invitation. You know, it wasn't some... Nothing, nothing, nothing could, I mean, imagine. Nothing could interest him at all. It wasn't like, hey, there's a big, you know, boy... I could go there, a lot of people would listen to me. Not, nothing like that. No compulsion at all. So Maharaj Pariksit understands his extreme good fortune that this is only happening because of Krishna. Krishna has inspired him from within to come here at this time, at this place, under these circumstances, all of a sudden, this greatest of, of speakers of the Bhagavat has showed up. So, I mean, Maharaj Pariksit must have just been overwhelmed with what can it get any better? It doesn't get any better than this. It really doesn't. I mean, I'm surrounded by all the sages, but when he walks in, the whole place is illuminated. Everyone bows. Everyone bows. All these great sages bow to this young man. Imagine the scene. Imagine the the spiritual potency that Sukadeva Goswami that radiated from him, that when he entered that assembly, everyone was just aghast. He wasn't called, he just came. There was no compulsion for such an unbounded soul to appear there 
except that Krishna had inspired him to recite the Bhagavat to the king. And we'll finish this evening with the <clears throat> 49th Anucheta. Sonika recognizes Parikshit as a great devotee of Krishna. A verse is quoted, spoken by Sonika Rishi in the second canto. The great chariot fighter, King Parikshit, a descendant of Pandu, was truly a great devotee of Bhagavan. Even as a child playing with his toys, he would re reenact Krishna's childhood sports. Jiva Goswami writes, the king reenacted whatever childhood pastimes he had heard of Sri Krishna that Sri Krishna performed in Vrindavan and elsewhere, being absorbed in love for him and endowed with the sentiments of friendship and so on. Any questions? All right, we'll stop there. Thank you so much for your association.